I loved my class this week because in the context of Paul having a birthday, I asked these fifth grade girls that I had, how old do you think I am? And one of the girls said, 34. <laughs> I wanted to give her a hug. Another one said 46. I was pretty cool with that too. But uh, one thing during Vacation Bible School that is especially noticeable to me, and this is true every, every year, is how these kids love to worship God. And particularly as they get into the week and they become more and more familiar with these songs, they sing out with their whole being and they are unhibited in their worship to God. Psalms chapter 8, verse 2, it says, From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise. Now, those of us who are older certainly could learn some lessons from the younger kids in giving praise to God. And I can't help but think that as these kids all this week have been worshiping Him with their whole being, that God is looking down from heaven with a smile on His face. You know, that's what I want to speak to you about today as we continue this sermon series through the book of Psalms. I want to challenge you to pursue the heart of God through worship. I was recently reading from the book of 1 Chronicles and, and uh, noticed how the Jewish people were celebrating, they were giving their worship to God as they brought the Ark of the Covenant into the city of Jerusalem. And a verse that caught my attention was 1 Chronicles chapter 13, verse 8. It says this, David and all Israel were celebrating before God with all their might, even with songs and with lyres and harps, tambourines, cymbals, and with trumpets. I read that verse. There's a couple of things that just jump out to me, and I want to point them out to you. Number one, they were celebrating before God. I look the word celebrating up in the original language, and this is what it means. To dance to music, both verbally, uh, vocal music, or instrumental music. In other words, this was not a ho-hum kind of time for the people of Israel. This was a time for, for them to be excited. They, they were lifting their voices up to the Father. They were playing their instruments. They were dancing to the Lord. It was a very joyous occasion they were celebrating i think it was just a, a week ago yesterday that that the royals had a winning run in the bottom of the 10th inning and i i read about that and uh, I, I i i read where paulo i think his name's paulo orlando was on second base and alcides escobar came to the plate and he looped a single into right field for the game-winning hit. You've seen these kinds of celebrations before on the, on the baseball field when they win in the last at bat. They celebrate with high fives and they are hugging one another and they are fist bumping and, and usually there's a cooler of Gatorade that comes and, and gets poured over the, the fellow's head that's got the winning hit or a, or a whipped cream pie on his head and in his face. We understand this, in the context of sports, this matter of celebrating. Sometimes, though, I think we miss out on celebration in the context of worship. 
the other phrase that really caught my attention in this verse was, with all of their might. They were celebrating God with all of their might. In other words, they were giving their best to God in worship. Do we do that? You know, when we come on a Sunday morning, do we give our best to God in worship? Certainly, He is deserving of our best. I think sometimes we don't do that. We get easily distracted. We, we get tired. We're, we're disgruntled. I kept reading there in First Chronicles, and I noticed a huge contrast between what was going on in the life of David as he was celebrating, as he was worshiping, contrasted to what was going on with his wife, Michal. Let me read to you from 1 Chronicles chapter 15, verses 28 and 29. It says, Thus all Israel brought up the ark of the covenant of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the horn, with trumpets, with loud-sounding cymbals, with harps and lyres. It happened when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came to the city of David that Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and celebrating, and she despised him in her heart. You talk about a contrast. With David, there was great joy and celebration, while with Michal, she was despising her husband. She was filled with contempt for him, says the NIV. Sadly, she missed the joyous occasion because of the contempt in her heart. I want to encourage you as worshipers of God that you would be free in your worship and that you would be focused on worshiping Him, giving Him your best in worship, and make sure that you guard against any kind of spirit that would hinder you from worshiping Him. And that leads me to the book of Psalms. Where as, as you read through this book, which I'm encouraging you to do through this series, This theme of worship is scattered throughout this book. I want to read to you just a few passages of Scripture, and you can follow along with me on the screen there. Uh, Or if you have your Bibles, feel free to look in your Bibles, chapter 18 of Psalms, the first six verses. I want you to notice the worship of the psalmist to the Father. It says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of ungodliness terrified me. The cords of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God for help. He heard my voice out of His temple and my cry for help before Him came into His ears. (laughs) Wow. Our God is a great God. And by the if you have your Bibles open, I want to point out to you right at the very start of this psalm, even before verse 1, there is some printing in your Bible that actually was in the original Hebrew text, and it tells us 
what's going on in David's life at this time. It tells us why he was giving praise to God. Look there with me. It says, For the choir director, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spoke to the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. You see, David really did have a reason to give praise to God. Let me read to you Psalms chapter 33, verses 1 through 10. Sing for joy in the Lord, O you righteous ones. Praise is becoming to the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Sing praises to Him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all His work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the loving kindness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of His mouth all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. For He spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. These are just samplings of chapters out of Psalms that emphasize our worship to Him. Let me read to you Psalms 95, the first seven verses. O come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to Him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods, in whose hand are the depths of the earth. The peaks of the mountains are His also. The sea is His, for it was He who made it, and His hands formed the dry land. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are His, the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hands. I'll tell you for sure, if we spent more time in the book of Psalms, we would become better worshipers. I clued in on one point here this last week during one of the Vacation Bible School lessons uh, the lesson was on the Apostle Paul. Acts chapter 16 was, was the Scripture text. And it's talking particularly about Lydia being a worshiper of God. And what's written in the text is interesting. I have it on the, uh, actually on the screen for you here. Uh, it speaks of her being a worshiper of God. And it says that she was listening... And the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. You know what I learned from that? Worship prepares our heart to receive the Word of God and then to respond to it. On a Sunday morning, if, if you are sitting there in that audience and whoever it is preaching from this pulpit, if you come and you give of yourself in worship to the Lord through the singing, through the communing, through the praying, it's going to prepare your heart to receive the message 
and then to be able to respond to that message. Let me ask you some questions about worship. And, and really, these are very foundational questions. You'll know the answers to them, but I want to substantiate the answers in Scripture. Question number one, who is the object of our worship? Well, that's, that's easy, that's obvious, but we sometimes forget who He is. He is the Creator God who spoke the worlds into existence from nothing. That passage that I read to you just a few moments ago, chapter 33 of Psalms, it said, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of His mouth all of their host. He's talking about the stars. He's talking about the planets, the sun and the moon. All of that came into existence because God spoke it into being. Verse 9 says that He spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. You talk about authority. Who of us has that kind of authority? I, I don't. I can't even get my dog to do what I want it to do half of the time. And I'm thinking back to the years of raising my kids. They didn't always do what I wanted them to do. I remember the battles that took place at the table as Jonathan particularly, he was not a vegetable eater and I was trying to get him to eat his vegetables. He still doesn't eat vegetables even today. And God has the authority to say, let there be light. And there was light. Nine times in the first chapter of Genesis, we see the words, Then God said. And whatever it was that He said, it came to pass. He is the Creator God, and He deserves our worship. He is the great I Am. He is the existing one. I mentioned that to you last week. He is our rock and our fortress and our deliverer. If we will get a clear view of who He is, then we will be moved in our heart to chase after Him. And that's the whole theme of this series of sermons through Psalms. To be a person who is after the heart of of God, we would be moved to worship Him more as we see who He is. And so my encouragement to you is spend some time in the book of Psalms this summer and get a clear view of who He is. He is the one true God. Here's the second question. Why should we worship Him? Well, simply because He is deserving of that. He is worthy. And with this point, I'm simply thinking of the characteristics of God, the, the attributes, those, those attributes that tell us who He is, the kind of God that He is. Would you help me for just a moment as we put on the screen, God is... You fill in the blank for me. Help me out. God is... God is good, I heard. God is great. God is love. God is omnipotent. God is 
our Father. God is great, full of grace. God is forgiving. God is creator. He is patient. He is holy. He is steadfast. He is eternal. We could go on and on this morning talking about the characteristics of God and how great He is. John Piper is a Baptist preacher and he served at the Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota for 33 years. And he tells the story about the time that he was preaching a sermon from Isaiah chapter 6. You you know that great chapter where Isaiah gets a glimpse of God on his throne and all of the angels are around him and they are crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And Piper decided that he would preach his sermon that particular Sunday without any point of application. He wanted to know if the glory of God and the majesty of God and the holiness of God could hold the congregation's attention. And so he tried it. He preached a sermon that day with no application whatsoever. He just talked about God. He talked about the holiness of God. He talked about God on the throne. He talked about God's majesty and and splendor. And when he had finished his sermon, he felt pretty good about his sermon. And even for the next couple of days, he felt pretty good about it until in the middle of the week, he, just, he found out that one of the families who had been in church that Sunday morning had earlier discovered that their daughter had been sexually molested by an extended family member. And he thought to himself, what have I done? I had a family sitting in my church who needed comforted, and all I was, I was just talking about that which was lofty and, and heavenly and uh, eternal things. I did not have one pastoral word for them. And he was kicking himself pretty bad about the sermon until that next week he ran into the father of that family and before he could even get into his apology to say I'm so sorry the father interrupted him saying John these have been the toughest days of our lives but do you know what has got us through it was your sermon on the power and the glory and the majesty of God listen brothers and sisters, He is enough to meet our needs. You will find healing when He is lifted up. You will find strength when He is exalted. You will find hope and your spirit will be refreshed when He is worshipped. So I encourage you to worship Him for as you do, your heart will be drawn to Him. Let me ask this next question. How do we worship Him? And the book of Psalms helps us in our understanding of that question as well and how to answer it. In fact, this morning we've had 
we've had a great example of just the, the participation of worship as we have clapped our hands and we have stood up and we have raised our hands. All of that is forms of worship which are found in the book of Psalms. Chapter 33, we read that earlier. We worship Him through singing and the playing of instruments. Chapter 150 of Psalms mentions loud symbols as ways of worship unto the Lord. Psalm 63 verse 4 says we worship Him through the raising up of our hands. You know, that's not just for the assemblies of God. That's for all of us. The raising of hands is a scriptural form of worship that all of us should engage in. Could I encourage you to try that? And if you're just totally uncomfortable with raising your hands in public worship here, could I encourage you in the privacy of your home as you are having time with God, worshiping Him in your own prayer closet, would you just be willing to raise your hands in worship to God? It's scriptural. And we should be doing that. Psalms 95, we read that earlier. We worship Him through bowing down to Him. Take a look sometime at chapter 4 of Revelation and see what is going on uh, with the crowd there in heaven. They are worshiping Him through bowing down to Him who is on the throne and they are casting their crowns at His feet. They are worshiping Him Day and night, the Scripture says. Psalms 47, verse 1, clapping of hands is a form of worship to God and shouting with a voice of joy. Think about this. All of the other creation of God is giving praise to Him. Psalms 98, verses 7 to 9 says this, Let the sea roar, And all it contains. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy before the Lord. For He is coming to judge the earth. Psalm 65.13 says, The meadows are clothed with flocks and the valleys are covered with grain. They shout for joy. Yes, they sing. Psalms 89.12, the north and the south, who you have created them, Tabor and Hermon, shout for joy at your name. What's Tabor and Hermon? They're mountains that are there in, Jeru- there in Israel, and they are shouting for joy at the name of the Lord. You know, Isaiah the prophet got in on this same theme. Let me read to you. Some of his writing, chapter 44, verse 23, says, Shout for joy, O heavens, for the Lord has done it. Shout joyfully, you lower parts of the earth. Break forth into a shout of joy, you mountains, O forest and every tree in it. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob, and in Israel He shows forth His glory. Chapter 49, verse 13 of Isaiah says, Shout for joy, O heavens, and rejoice, O earth. Break forth into shoutful joy, shouting, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted His people and will have compassion 
on his afflicted. Chapter 55, verse 12 says, For you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Don't you think that if all of the other creation of God is praising Him, then surely you and I, the crown jewel of His creation, we too should be praising Him. And here's a fourth question. When should we worship Him? Would you answer that for me? When? Always. You're right. Always. Not just Sundays from 9 to 10 or from 11 to 12, but always, every day, all through the day. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 says, Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether then you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Our worship to God should be 24-7, but, but I, will, I will tell you this. If we take the time to worship Him through the week, our worship on Sundays will be better. So would you agree with me? Would you commit with me to become better worshipers of God? Let's, let's worship Him with all of our might as David did as they brought that ark into Jerusalem. Let's be a people who are after the heart of God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, You are worthy of our worship. Thank You that You have given us that opportunity to know You and to exalt You. And so would You help us. Help us to live this life of worship. We pray this in Jesus' name.